This is Kurt. This is D. Wyatt. And this is Kim. And this is the MFG cast. everybody another episode of the mfg cast this time we're going to be talking about why we can't get more than a few plays in a game it seems like for some reason like we're in this state of like you know the everything is so new i gotta play every new game now 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 this 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 and why can't we just enjoy the things that we have and play them more than one or two times. But before we get into that, we're going to be talking about a few topics here. Uh, the first is what we always do every week, and it's now playing. So um, I'll go first since mine is actually very, very short. Because I feel like I've been talking about <laughs> playing a lot of games lately. But um, unfortunately, this week was kind of a small, not so many games kind of week. So... Uh, I finally got to the table, and it's it's actually not mine, but it's actually Mike's copy of Star Wars Destiny. Why it took me this long to play this game, I don't know why, but wow, I'm really impressed. <laughs> Before you go on any further, would you like me to send you like 200 dice and like 500 cards? Because we never play that anymore. <laughs> you know what? I and will, it is. I will gladly pay you Tuesday for some hamburgers today, definitely. Yeah, man. I, I definitely like the game, and I think it is great, and it's a tragedy that doesn't get played, but unfortunately, like, no one else in our gaming groups outside of Kim and I are interested enough to get into it. Yeah. So it just kind of sits there, and it's tragedy. Yeah, it is unfortunate, especially the fact that, you know, it seems like some of these games that just get burned so hot, and then they die so quickly, it seems like to me. You know, I'm sure people are still playing these games, but you don't feel, I feel like you don't hear about them anymore. Like, like us, we were like really big into like dice masters for like a hot minute. You know, it was like, oh, we need every single dice, you know, and every single card. And then it's just nobody wants to play this Isn't anymore, that? you know. So now it's just it's just growing on a shelf, you know. Um, what's the other yeah, thing? There's nothing like quite like this thing of having known you bought a booster box and you're like, oh, that was money well spent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it, you know, it and and as much as like I know that that you guys are playing Keyforge quite a, quite a bit and me and me and Mike have been playing Keyforge a little bit too like I feel like I don't hear anybody talking about that anymore either which is so weird. Yeah, um so like the Star Wars Destiny dice like here's the thing. I mean, Fantasy Flight is still supporting it. I think like a new expansion's coming out this month mm-hmm. again. You know, there's there's a lot of products for it. I think the problem is once somebody Here's about a game where they can buy singles, and then you see that some of those singles are forty three dollars. Mm-hmm. It, I think it's just an instant turnoff for people because it's like if they're going to spend that type of money to make a deck or a team, they're going to play Magic. It seems like, you know, it's it's very hard to compete. Yeah, well, even like Mike said, he, you know, he got a deck and he got like Darth Maul's lightsaber, and he's like, oh, this is the best thing ever. I love it. And then he's like, "Oh, it's thirty bucks. I should sell it so I can, you know, get get mm-hmm. more stuff for it." You know, it's just it's interesting when you think about it that way, kind of like how magic runs and stuff like that. But I don't know, like the smoothness of the gameplay of this game is just it's just crazy to me. Like you know, it's just it's so like even though it's one of those where you have to go turn by turn, I feel like you could just easily be like. You took your turn, now I can take my turn. You know, it's like one of those, like almost a simultaneously kind of thing, even though there could be, you know, ways to like, you know, negate some some attacks and stuff like that. But still, it's just, the only thing I can equate it to is like watching an action, action movie and you're seeing all the action happening. So you're taking Star Wars and it's like all the lightsaber duels. It's like, like I'm gonna throw, you know, I'm gonna block this, and I'm gonna hit high with this, and then I'm gonna shoot this blaster, and then I'm gonna go throw the force. You know, it's like it really if 
if you really know what you're doing, you can really boom, boom, make this a quick game. And, you know, obviously there's other, other times where you could kind of stall out, but like, it's, I don't know, for some reason, Fantasy Flight has done a very good job of making this a game that is fluid and very easy to play. And I am, I, I just, to me, it just, I'm shocked that it took me this long to play it. And I really like it. And it'll be something that we're actually going to put into our rotation, which is awesome because when it comes to games that me and Mike like to play, we'll always do some of our games that we really enjoy. But then we have some themes that kind of go with stuff. So like with the Marvel Legendary, like we're always going to play this Marvel Legendary. So no matter how many things come out, like either he's going to have it or I'm going to have it. And we'll be able to get to play that, you know, here and there. And then um, Star Wars, like anything Star Wars, like me and him are obviously in because we're both big Star Wars fans. So like he has Imperial Salt. He has the he has Destiny now. Um, I've got the Star Wars card game, so it's like one of those things. Like we're always gonna have a Star Wars game to play at least once a month, so that's always an awesome option to have. Yeah, like so. Um, so a couple of things with the Star Wars Destiny that I think is great though is uh, deck construction is very easy. If you want to play this game on a simplistic level, you can go on like Cool Stuff Inc. and for twenty dollars get an absurd amount of singles. And truth be told, if you're like much like how people make proxy cards when they play magic, like at home and stuff like that, like kitchen magic and everything, you can kind of proxy out these cards too and just use different color D6s to assign them to those characters. So there is like ways around. Like, so if you're like, man, I like this card, this card is $32. I'm never buying this. You can just, you know, if you're willing to cheat, print it out just for yourself to play. But the one thing that I really like is, um, it has a nice little balance of there's these like location cards where if you're behind the eight ball, like if your opponent is kind of doing a few more actions than you, like in Magic, it's kind of like, well, I guess I'm going to sit here and get pummeled. But in this game, since it's like I do one thing, now you go, you do one thing, I go, I do one thing. This game allows you to like when you basically tap out for that turn, you can like claim that location, which usually gives you something. So it kind of has like... It's, and I mean, it's never tremendous. It's not like, oh, gain four resources and draw two cards. But it's usually something kind of nifty. Like, you know, like, oh, you know, like, ready this. Gain one extra credit. You know, whatever. Like, a small effect. Which is is kind of really fun for, like, you know, the balance of the game. Yeah, I like that, too. Because, like, in the one that we played, like, we... I was able... I got the choice of which, which um, location we got. And I picked the location where it was the other person shows the top of their deck and if it's an event or something else you lose you uh assign a damage to somebody so like i was getting kind of my ass handed to me and i wasn't quite getting the cards that i wanted but i still kind of kept myself going but you know having that was nice because even if my die roll sucked and i couldn't get as you know much damage as i want i was still you know like i think in mine it like hit 75 percent of the time so like i was always kind of there to kind of get some little something even if i you know sucked at rolling these dice which i will the one last thing i'll comment about this game like when i first saw the dice online i thought god those look like the chintziest pieces of shit ever because it just looked like you know like prototype dice was just like someone stickered on all mm-hmm. but the the, yeah. the heft of the dice and the the way that they laser printed it on the dice like they're awesome like i i love them i'm just like it's star wars it's in my hand i just oh my i love it so much so i i thought the exact same thing when i saw it originally i was like these are going to be terrible and the stickers are going to peel off and i was really impressed with how solidly they were Mm -hmm. made yeah um what one other little tidbit one of my favorite things in the game is um i don't know if you guys got to use them or not the stormtroopers in the game Mm -hmm. um they're super cheap to put in your deck, and half of their die misses, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> that's like, yeah, perfect. They're stormtroopers. Yeah, that makes sense. Good yeah. lord, that's so yeah. awesome. They're literally there just yeah, to die. Yep. Yeah, it's it, you can tell that they put a lot of thought into the story of this, and they even put you know even if you're using characters that don't really match up with other characters and stuff like that because they're you know from different eras and stuff like that, just the breadth of of how you know they. 
they think about these characters, just like you said with the Stormtrooper. Like, they put a lot of detail into that, and I just, I love that. You know, they should do that. They Fantasy, Fantasy Flight should get all of these, I, I hate to say it, but they should get all these IPs and just do that kind of thing, because the people that love that kind of stuff are just going to eat that up, you know? I, I would love it, though, if that if this game might get the uh, Dice Masters treatment soon, where instead of buying boosters and hoping to get what you want, it's like, for $45, here's a box with all of this set and all of these cards, just make mm-hmm. stuff using them. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Like, if it was like an LCG model instead of a CCG model, it w- I think it would be a lot Yeah, better. for sure. And I, I know a lot you of know. people that would think that, including us, because uh, Mike got a bunch of boosters and he's like, oh, I have a bunch of yellow cards that I can't use because I have no yellow characters. You know, so yeah. that part blows. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what... what? Yeah, it, it is kind of a strange. Yeah, exactly. All right, what about you guys? What have you guys been playing lately? So we, we've been doing a little bit of new and a little bit of old and then a little bit of super old. Uh, we got in a few more games of Naval War. The the old uh, GMT classic. Uh, not even, I'm sorry, not uh, GMT. That, um, it's even further back than that, Avalon Hill. But, uh, you know, always fun just, like, you know, playing this game. I think it was, like, uh, came out in, like, uh, 82 or something. But we just like you know it's a it's a great like super screw you style game where everyone gangs up on somebody and ruins them and you curse your way to the bottom of the ocean. It was a good time. But of the newer stuff, we have finally got to play one of the uh, the new hotness games, Underwater Cities, uh, which many herald as a potential terraforming Mars killer. Nice. The game is pretty interesting. It's each player gets their own like little underwater city grid, and they're all different. So there's a little bit of asymmetry in the play. But the board is actually really simple. There's um, three different colors. There's like green, there's red, and then there's white. Uh, white. And pink. Uh, or something. No, green, red, and yellow, or orangey, or something. No, it's white. It has a plaster. Yeah. yeah, it's a color. Anyway, but the whole thing is it's, um, what happens is you're playing cards. Like, every time you take an action space, you're playing a card color, and you have to give up a card regardless to do the action, but if the card color matches the spot you're playing to, you actually get to do the card effect as well. Oh, those cards. Yeah, that's the green, red, yellow. It is. See, that's what I was saying. I thought you were like, talking about little plastic bits. No, no, no. It's, it's like a traffic light, yeah. Traffic light. And um, so the whole concept is, you know, you, you only get three actions per turn, like three, you know, like uh, work units, and you're trying to, you know, amass the most points in your city, but the biggest thing is that there's these three income phases. So you want to make sure you have kelp farms to produce the food that you'll need for your people. But you also want desalinization plants to produce money so you can play these better cards. And you're going to need resources and science from the laboratories so you can upgrade your buildings and all these things like that. So it's a little bit engine building. It's a little bit combo playing. It's a little bit like opportunistic where you always want to get the most out of your actions. But sometimes you might have to like take that bitter pill to not have the card match your action space because you really need to do that thing. I liked it a lot. Um, first time playing was like a little long because, you know, you got to read every single card, which is never easy. But the potential as a terraforming Mars killer, it's a different style of game, but I can see it. And honestly, for me, at this point, like terraforming Mars is great, but there's so much crap for it. It's like... Okay, you want to play Mars? Yeah, are we going to use Prelude? Sure, why not? What about, uh, do you want to use the regular map or the, the Elysium map or the Helios map? It's like, let's use Helios. What about the, um, you know, do you guys want to play with colonies? No, okay, that, I, we don't need colonies. All right, but what about Venus next? We, and it's like, there's just so much to that game now. It feels like such a bloat. This game is way more streamlined. Because, like, Terraforming Mars, one turn can take a long time around the table. This game, you only get the three worker actions. You know, so you'll be doing anywhere from three to six actions that turn, and that's pretty much it. Uh, so I like the tighter play. Like, for me, that's definitely a plus. How many rounds is it? I forgot. Uh, ten rounds game in total. Yeah, because even that, for some reason, only the three actions. Like, the first, like, two or three rounds went slow, but after that, I felt like it sped up. Like, it was over before I knew it. Yeah, because you're, you're also, like, you know, you're in your groove. you got your little engine system going on. Another game that we played, uh, how familiar are you with the Race for the Galaxy universe, Kurt? You know what? That was That's like one of the first games that I played when we first got kind of got into the hobby. But I'm going to tell you, I probably have not played that game in probably about five to six years. <laughs> Good Lord. 
Yeah. Uh, what? And let me guess, no roll for the galaxy? Uh, no. All right, well, uh, so this is right up your alley then, because this is the game you've been waiting for your whole <laughs> life, apparently. Rage for the Galaxy put out a, a, a new game in the universe called New Frontiers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it's also a ginormous box. It is like a Mage Wars size box uh, for this game. And the reason is there is tons of these uh, big, like, you know, tile discs. There's like these player boards and, you know, everything is tiles in this game. There's no cards. It's all tile driven. And it's it's pretty interesting. It definitely captivates like, you know, like that Race for the Galaxy vibe. You know, it's going to be role selection almost more like Puerto Rico and San Juan as opposed to picking the cards from your hand. But the whole thing is like in this one, um, because there's no cards, it's like you need currency to be able to like you know colonize the planets and you actually need like people to descend down to the planet to begin the colonization process and all that it like i said it, that one was pretty good definitely captured the vibe much more table space you know between the the market board the uh you know the tile bag your player tableau all your stuff it it's a bit of a table hog considering that's a race for the galaxy universe game and also the setup and teardown is slightly a bit of a bear. You know, it's like like one of the other things that they did in this one too is like the when you do the produce phase and you want to like get the goods on these planets so you can like trade them and trigger all these abilities, they're these giant chunky cubes, which is awesome and it looks great, but it's more bulk. You know, so it's like the game is great, it's fun. The the strikes I would say is like I said, the size, the weight, and the price. This is, like, I think the most expensive Race for the Galaxy game you've seen. I think the MSRP is something nuts, like $80 or something. Jeez. Yeah. So I wonder if, because, you know, it, feel, it feels like when it came out, people were just losing their shit over it. Because they were just like, oh, my God, a new game set in the Race for the Galaxy universe and stuff like that. Do you think that, you know, they were, you know, thinking, like, oh, we can't wait to, you know, show everybody what we have that they just had too much you know or is like they could have just you know skimped out and been like you know what let's let's take out you know half of the board or let's you know take out some of these chunky parts like we don't need all of this girth to make this you know just impossibly huge game what's weird is i think if the stuff was missing it it would have bombed Mm. you know and like the thing is like i get it you know like race is the card game roll is the dice game you know this is a tile style game of it like you know it's it's mm-hmm. a different you know tactile sensation uh while still retaining a, a vibe of the game but like i said it, it's just one of those things that like i think the other thing too is it came out completely from left field like when it came out there was like take for example uh Predaporte. i knew at the beginning of this year it was coming out on kickstarter at some point and we talked about it back then. Now that we know the date is like July 8th, it's like first thing I did was I was messaged you. I was like, dude, I don't care how much money it is. On July 8th, I'm doing this thing. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, it was just like, hey, there's a new Race for the Galaxy game out. By the way, it's 80 bucks and it's gigantic. And look at these giant tile, like planet tiles. And look at these goods and everything. And everyone's like, oh my God, I need that now. Like, there was no, mm-hmm. no buildup. There was no like, hey, next week this drops. It was just like, bam, here you go. Which yeah, I neat. wonder if... I- I wonder if, sorry for interrupting, but I I wonder if part of that part of what they thought that they would do with that is that because the MR the MSRP is so huge, and it's something that you haven't seen something from them for a while that they were like, we have to do that. We have to just kind of drop it and be like, here it is in all its glory. Otherwise, it could be something where, you know, people might have been. You know, like, oh god, that just that's a just a lot of money right away. You know, and like, I don't know, it might have prepared people to save up their money and stuff like that. But also, I don't know if it would have taken away from the need. I don't know. I know. Well, like one thing that's weird is even the role for the galaxy, the latest expansion for that rivalry, it had a eighty dollar price tag, and I get it. Like, there's modular dice and tons of new dice and cards and this and that. Like, there's a lot in the box and a lot of physical components. But your expansion is $20 above the MSRP of the base game. That is a tough sell to somebody. Yeah. And that, and I feel like we're in a boom of that kind of thing where it's like, you li- do you like this thing? Well, guess what? We're going to give you, like you said with the Terraform of our thing, we're going to give you 80 more other things, and we're going to make you pay a lot more for it. You know, it's to me, I don't know. I, I, it 
turns me off when I hear that, regardless of if it's worth it or not to me. You know, it just to me it just seems like, you know, do you like this thing? Well, guess what? We're beating the hell. We're beating this over the head. You know, sorry, that probably just is hurting your eardrums, and I will take that out. <laughs> just, just if you think that you heard something and you hear nothing, that's me taking out me punching my microphone. Let's say this card. Do you like steak? I love steak. Good, because you're going to have an 85-ounce steak. And your choices are 85-ounce steak or no steak. <laughs> <laughs> and that steak will cost you $300. Yeah, and if you don't eat it all, I don't care because you still have to give me that $300. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it is a little troublesome. Yeah. Um, last one I'm going to throw out there is because uh, you know we've been a fan of the rolling rights lately because uh, we, <laughs> if nothing else, we like to jump on the bandwagon of things that are popular. <laughs> but um, we we got welcome to Dino World. Um, oh, nice! Yeah, and uh, it was because when we saw it on Kickstarter, I was like, "Wait a minute! It's Dinosaur Island, except you get to draw the dinosaurs." I'm in, <laughs> and it's it's pretty cool. Uh, we only played the like standard mode. We haven't done danger mode yet, which makes the game even harder. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's a simple D6 roll and write game where, you know, you'll choose to either use those pips to, like, make dinosaurs, pathways, attractions, or you can, like, choose to combine dice results. Where it's, like, take, for example, T-Rexes can only be drawn by getting a 7 or higher. So you can either use your scientist to modify the die to make it higher or go, well, I'm combining that 5 and that 4, I got a 9, now I get a T-Rex. And, um... It's super fun drawing the dinosaurs, and it's really fun looking at everyone's park when you're done. Like, you know, like, oh, man, I love your stegosaurus. Oh, my God, that brontosaurus looks dope. You know, things like that. Yeah. Um, except, except for if you were to play with me, you'd be like, wow, all of these dogs look great. Yeah. It's like, how come every dinosaur is the same size? Like, I'm not good at drawing <laughs> things to scale. Yeah. Every 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 dinosaur in my park is a dogosaur because that's all I can fucking draw <laughs> is a really shitty looking dog. But the um the the little fun twist in this game is uh it, like you know even if you play a two or like seven players, you're actually putting a four a six and a ten point scoring card between each player, and so like say it's uh, like me you, Kim Tracy Ed and George and Howard, and it's like, you know Howard's on my left. And Kim is on my right. I only care about those gold cards between me and Howard and the gold cards between me and Kim because I can't get the ones on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. So it's not like everyone will be drawing the same thing every time, which is nice. You know, different goals, different objectives means you're going to be doing different style things. One small curse is that sometimes goals will work out really well for somebody. Like, I might have the goal of, like, draw four, like, you know, five carnivores. And also go of draw four brontosaurus, which I, I mean, uh, like uh, herbivores. And it's like draw four brontosaurus, which are also herbivores. So like, I'm getting the goal on my right and the goal on my left, like kind of at the same time by drawing those, like getting those brontosaurus. While your things might be very opposite, like if you were next to me and you have to get like five herbivores and also draw a fourth T Rexes, you're like, well, this is impossible. So like, that's like the only strike really. But I mean. Honestly, it's it's so minute. It's pretty fast. It's a eight round game, so it goes like you know pretty good speed. You're not terribly twisted, and those gold cards are not the only way to win. Like ten points sounds like a lot, but you also get like eight points for drawing a T Rex. So I mean, it's it's an easy workaround. Like if you don't get the golds, you're not devastated. You can still come back. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, and and drawing a stegosaurus is the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> I just draw a buzzsaw and then make it flat on the bottom and give it legs. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so before we get into our our main topic, uh, Kim, you had something you a question you wanted to ask that we were going to talk about. So why don't you kind of introduce what you were what you were thinking about talking about? So uh, recently, I uh, I met a few people and you know. Uh, the whole like booming of board games that are just coming out and it's like introducing like more people into board games because you can find it at target you can find it at barnes and noble and it's like people like looking at these things it's, like what are these like or like you know like they're so used to like monopoly and clue and you know mousetrap it's like what are these things that you know these people are making and i uh, met a couple of people that told me that yeah they 
they heard about this thing called Cards Against Humanity and Superfight. So, like, they played those games. And then uh, I told them, like, you know, I play, like, more, like, the board games, like, the Euro board games, which got them intrigued. But it's, like, I was wondering, like, how do you, how do you introduce, like, the board games that you like or that, like, the style of board games that you like to people who are only associated with, like, like, the silly party games that, you know, you're... 95 year old grandma can do uh, by just like or like even those starter games cards. like because yeah, you like, mentioned they played Catan and a few others right yeah like they yeah. I think they played like one yeah. thing at Catan so how do you get them from Catan to food chain magnate <laughs> well how do you well okay. you don't how do, <laughs> okay so ready how do you get them from Catan to Dinosaur Island um or or even better yet how do you get them to that uh to Alta Plano alright so like Kind of like uh, looking for like a mid a midweight game or two. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I would say like, if you want to give them worker placement, base game Lords of Wardeep is a nice start, because there's no penalties. They no matter what they get, it's gonna be worth something at the end of the game, so they can't abysmally fail. And there's only four like there's five resources: the four different colored cubes and the gold. Mm-hmm. So it's not too much to keep track of. So that'll teach them worker placement and like order fulfillment in a game. So that's kind of like a nice starting ground, I think. Kurt, what do you? Uh, you what do you? What are some uh, other like nice like midweight intros? Yeah, like what? Like what would you bring? Uh, like if somebody said uh, you know they wanted to get into board gaming, like what well, would you and Tracy bring? Well, it's funny that you asked that because um, lately, apparently, people have been people around our area have been, that either Tracy or I know have been finding out that we do this podcast for some reason. <laughs> so um, uh, Tracy actually was pulled aside at work the other day, and she's like, "Or and uh, the her coworker was like, yeah, I saw that you posted something the other day," and she's like, well, "She's like, what do you mean?" She's like, because she thought that our Facebook our Facebook page was uh, private, but it's not. I leave it open to the public so anybody can see it and join and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, you, you posted a uh, picture of this, of this game. And I, you know, I, I think it's tiny towns, you know, what do you think about it or whatever? And Tracy was like, you know, that's, you know, it's kind of hard to master, but she's like, it's pretty, a pretty easy game to kind of learn. It's just, it takes a bit to kind of, you know, figure out what happens with what, that kind of thing, because it's kind of Tetrisy and stuff like that, but it also has a little, you know, it ha- also has a midweight feel to it, too. And so she's like, you know, so he's like, oh, that sounds interesting, you know. Um, you know, she's there, and they're like, well, you know, I maybe sometime I'll see if it's at the game store or something like that. And she's like, well, why don't you just borrow ours before you buy it? You know, it's just silly for you to just go out and buy it. You know, why don't you try ours? And he's like, for real? And we're like, yeah. It's like, we're not married to all these games. You know, you can actually borrow them and try them, you know. And uh, so she did, you know, and and they've had it for a couple of weeks now. Um, so, you know, that one's a good a good one to introduce. I like I, Dan's idea of Lords of Waterdeep, even though, even though sometimes some, you know, I kind of feel like that, you know, the look of the game might be like, it might shoo some people away because it's just got such a table presence. People might be like, Oh, this looks like it, you know, could take a bit, but like that was basically tra- one of Tracy's first ones that she was like, this has got me hooked, you know? Yeah. Cause the board looks busy, even though it's really not busy. Cause it's a map. Yeah. I, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, you know, there's, there's always like the classic thing. You can go like the Carcassonne ticket to ride. And you, I don't think you can ever really go wrong with those. No. Yeah. Well, um, it seems like that's what everybody goes to though. Cause it seems like anytime you talk to somebody and they ask you these questions, the things they say is Carcassonne, Catan, Pandemic. Like literally like those are always the three. <laughs> it seems like. You One know? thing that's good though is um, Stone Age is. I mean, it might be hard to find again because it is Z-Man. Let's not rule that out. <laughs> but they they re-release Stone Age again, so yeah. that actually might be something you can acquire to show people once more. Yeah, yeah, that's a. They have that at our Games by James like all the time, and we we still have not played that game, but it might be something that we play in our future. But 
Actually, you know what? One, one other one is like uh, maybe even like a game like like Favor of the Pharaoh or something like that. Like mm-hmm. even though it's like a dice rolling game, like you know, it's like because it starts out really simple where it's like because everything says on the top of it, you need to roll ten or higher to take this tile. You need to roll two matching numbers to take this tile. Like you don't have to consult any charts and everything says in text. It is very language dependent. Yeah. Like during your turn, gain one scarab. And you're like, I know what that means. During my turn, I get a scarab. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause I know it's like iconography is what messes with a lot of new players when it comes to games. It still mm-hmm. messes with me sometimes. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's like, all right, I got a card. It says plus wrench equal money. What does that do? It's yeah. like, yeah, you know, yeah. You have to be careful because like, you know, you want to, it's like anything. You don't want to scare people away by like, here's terraforming Mars. Good luck. You know, you don't want to just, <laughs> you don't want to pull that kind of, you know, stuff on people because then it'll just be like, especially if they're just starting out, they're going to think this is what all board games feel like. Like <laughs> I'm writing a novel that I can't think about because I have writer's block, you know, like no, no offense to these games. You know, it's like, you know, anytime I would introduce something to them, I'd be like, Okay, here's some of the companies that you do. Like Renegade Games is a pretty good one for like introducing something that's not too complex. You know, um, you know, even to some point, Rio Grande could kind of be like that too. But I would never say Fantasy Flight. <laughs> I'm sorry. I you know, like even though Destiny is very streamlined and very easy to play. Like I wouldn't say anything else. I mean, I can play. I can play those games. But sometimes I even have trouble with some of the things. I'm like, okay, what just happened there? I don't understand so, what uh, this means. Like, I have to watch five videos for that to happen, you know, that kind of thing. So going from Clue to, say, Mansions of Madness might be a little... Yeah, exactly. You don't <laughs> want to do that. Because, again, because, like, even, like, excuse me, even, like, small um, filler games that are a little more complex, like Hanchu and stuff like that, even that's, like, a good, like, here, here's something that's just a little easier, even though it's got some strategy to it that, again, it'll take some time to master, but it's... It's something that should be easy to learn. One other game that I just remembered too that might be good for people that like you know if they're like oh yeah I really like Clue and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That game it's I know it's like on other sites too now. I think it was originally a Target exclusive. That game Suspicion. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, that game is fun. It's 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 got a little more. We have that. It's got a little more teeth than Clue does. Um, I still love Clue because that's that's just one of my favorite games ever. Even though it's like I know it's easy and I know you can. You master that one pretty easily, but whatever. I still love it. But yeah, Suspicion's a good, a good uh, turn it on its head kind of version of Clue. So, okay. and, and then after that, you know, um, like say Antiquity from Splatter Games. That's a that'll be <laughs> something that has one thousand bits. And yeah, be- yeah, exactly. Nothing from Splatter Games either. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's for someone who's been playing for like thirty years. Yeah. It's like here's roads and boats. How do we play? Oh, I don't know. I couldn't get through that rule book. You teach me. It's yeah, like- exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like I would I'm I'm sorry, but I would never I it would take me a very long time f- to introduce anybody to Food Chain Magnate because I'd just be like, Do you like crying? Because you're gonna be doing a lot of it tonight. You know? So 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 let me uh, throw this question out to you guys though. But it's like, all right, so you brought by pandemic, right? And you played it with them and like you guys lost or whatever. And then uh, as you're reaching for, like, Carcassonne or Ticket to Ride, they're like, oh, what? Like, let's play again. Let's see if we can win the second time. You know, that's the thing that we were talking about recently and what, like, Kim's subject was. That whole, like, when you're at a board game group, it usually seems like unless it's a five-minute game, it doesn't get played again. You know, like it's one and done for the night. Like anything, like love letter. Sure, we'll play a couple of hands. Like or like. It's always the what's next yeah. thing. Even if like they play like a big game, like uh, Wingspan, they'll be like, "All right, what's next?" Whereas it's it's like I, I know there are a couple of times that I think it was actually one time we actually played Forge War, and I was like, "That was awesome. Can we play it again?" And it was just me and you, and you're yeah. like, "Heck yeah." And it was like, we played it again, but you you never really see that. Like, even, like, if you go to a convention where it's just, like, one of those conventions where it's not a timetable, like, just people playing games. If somebody plays, like, uh, Orleans, you know, it's always that, okay, what's next? Not, hey, let's try that again. I want to do a different strategy, you know? Yeah. That's what it could really, like, at, 
at least for me, that's what I always thought of when I would think about playing a game. It's uh, not only having fun with it, but it's like, all right, I did this strategy, and if it didn't work for you, it's like, all right, let me try a different strategy. Or sometimes, in my mindset, I'm like, I want to do the same strategy, but I want to do it a little bit differently just to see. But I'll still lose anyway. Well, and a lot of times, too, when it's like, like, oh, yeah, like, next time we play, I want to do this. And then the game still goes back in the box regardless. You know, yeah. like, like, next time is never that same day. And, you know, it's one of those things that, like, I've, I've always been curious about that because that's one thing I know that sometimes messes with new players, too, where it's like they you just taught them this game and they just learned how to play it. And they're like, that's cool. And, and then you're like, okay, now here we are. We're breaking out this game. Like, I'll show you how to play it. And it's like, I, I got to learn again. Why don't we just do the thing that we know how to do together? You know? I was just curious about your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, it's it's funny because, yeah, the only time I feel like we get in, like, a game in consecutively is, like, something that just automatically is a love like it's just like i love this game let's play it again you know if it's not that 10 out of 10 experience like right away sometimes it's hard for at least in my experience for us to just be like let's play that again it's always like okay well let's play the next thing and then you know maybe we'll play this again you know next week next month or whatever the game that's actually in my head that I played consecutively lately was a game that we played at Con of the North in February. That tells you how long ago it's been. When me and Tracy and Logan played a game of Mall Madness, and um, <laughs> it, apparently it went so well, and he had enough time before his next thing. He's like, "You want to play it again?" And we're all like, "Hell yeah, we do!" You know, you know, let's go to the kitchen store and get some get some kitchen items, you know, and stuff like that. You know, it's just. Me and Mike will do this thing where it's like, okay, we want to have a regular schedule of like some games that we like, like the Mar- our Mar- Marvel Legendary and Pathfinder Adventure Car game, and now we'll probably put Destiny into that. And then at the end of the night, like if we have a few, you know, 15, 20 minutes, we'll throw Keyforge in at the end of the night. It's like those things are consistent where like, you know, even with like Tracy and I, it's like hardly a thing where we're like, okay, let's play this game and then let's play it again next week or, you know, whatever, you know, it always seems like we're always like, Oh, let's go to the next, you know, let's get a new game and play that. You know, the only, t- you know, the only time I feel like we ever play consistently is like, if we're doing a review, you know, like we just, the last episode was about our architects of the West kingdom. So it's like, okay. You know, even though we talked about it's a, a first impression thing, I was like, well, I want to play with Tracy and I want to play with Mike just to see, you know, if there's some similarities and differences. But, you know, other than that, you know, we just don't go out of our way to do that, you know, and then everybody has these five by fives and 10 by 10s. And we tried the 10 by 10 one time and we got really good on one of the games and then everything else was just like, nope, never going to happen, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like um, like I'm curious. Like take for example, like Quacks of Quinlanburg, right? When you guys were up here, you lost your minds when you played it. When you actually found it at home, you were like, "Oh my god!" Did you end up playing that back to back? We didn't play that... it back to back, no. But we ended up playing. All of us played it once. Me, Tracy, and Logan, and then me and Tracy played it probably the next week. So you know, it's not, like not consistent. You know, day after day, but it's like it's got a little bit more of a life than, you know, say like, you know, like a Lords of Waterdeep where it's like, okay, we played it and we played it this month and now we'll play it in three months, you know, and it, it, it should be, you know, there's these games that sit on the shelf and you go, God, I love that game, you know, and then you, and then you, it never gets played, you know, and it's like, it, it's weird because it's like, when you talk about like, like if you say you go to a con and there's this game and you want to play it and you're like, well... I don't know. I've I played it and I love it, but I don't know if I'm that good to be like I want to play it at a convention too. Even though it doesn't really matter unless you're in a tournament, what does it matter? You know, if you suck at it or whatever, it's all about the experience, you know. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like or why wouldn't you play these things more so you could, you know, get more strategy out of it, get more fun of it, out of it and you know, for it to grow in your heart, in your collection, so then you're not just going, okay, this is another game I have. 
I think it's also the fact that people pay for the convention, so a lot of the time, where it's if they go to a convention and it's like, oh look, there's Ascension, we have that at home, you know, we paid all this money, so we can play Ascension anytime. I think it's in that mindset where people are like, they spend exuberous amount of money sometimes, especially with like PAX East, they go to conventions and it's like, alright, let's try something new. But I totally get it where it's like, you know, if I see a game that we own there, I'm like, yeah, I would want to play this. Even though we own it, we play it any time. But I can see why people would not want to do it, too. Yeah, because, like, I mean, like, um, like one thing I noticed with our habits is, uh, so take, for example, the Welcome to Dino World, Fleet the Dice game. Like, those things we've been playing pretty consistently. I love Fleet. Right? Like, yeah, they're, they're both great. And, I mean, it, it just might be that nature, that roll and write thing where it's like it's very portable, very easy to bring somewhere, very easy to do. And they're games that let you pause the status very easily. You know, it's like, uh, welcome to, you might have to, like, you know, put deck dividers to know what your three stacks were or something if you want to, like, save your progress in that game. But even that's not terrible. I think it could also be, like, a time factor. Like, even if you, you have your game night, say you're like, all right, we're going to play games from 6 to 10. If you played a game that was one hour, it's like you're not going to play games for at least another week. Do you want to try to do two or three new things, or do you actually want to just keep playing that same game over and over? And I think that's something that can be in people's heads too, because let's face it, one thing with this hobby is it's both great and the biggest blight on this thing is there's always something new. Yeah, and I I feel like another another aspect of it too is the is the attitude of the group. You know, so say like you're going to this game night and you've got six players and you've got like a great six player game and you're like, oh, I love this game. Everyone's going to dig it. And then one person's like, yeah, I just don't care for that game. You know, then that game gets shelved, you know, and then say that person's gone and another person comes and they're and then you're like, you know, oh, I got a great six player game. Let's play this. And someone else is like, I just bought this. And everyone's like, yeah, you just bought that. Let's play it. You know? You know, it could be a lot of different factors on that kind of stuff, too, because there's just so many variables when it comes to, you know, what's going on. Like, even me and Tracy, when me and Tracy play a game, you know, I'll be like, you know, she'll be like, you know, what do you want to play? And I'm like, I don't know. And she'll be like, well, what about this? And I'll be like, nah, not really. Or, you know, it'll be the opposite where I'll be like, oh, I'm really excited to play this game. I think it would be fun. And then she's like, no, I don't really feel like it today. I just, I have a headache. I can't put to this much thought into this game, you know? That's where that's a different game she doesn't want to play with <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Like, Shut up. Uh, so, but yeah, it's just, you know, it, you know, there's, again, there's just lots of different variables out there that could, you know, could sway, you know, these multiple plays. You know, it's like, Every time I, you know, look at my phone and I'll go, like, I still have the Board Game Geek app on my phone, even though it's dead, like, it still records everything. And then I'll look and I'll be like, oh, wow, I play this a lot. That's cool. You know, where it's like, it shouldn't be a shocking thing. You know, it should be something where it's like, oh, awesome. I played this a lot. So it obviously means I like this game a lot. So I also know, too, like, you can get mentally exhausted from a game, Mm -hmm. depending on the game. True. So I know a lot of the times where... A lot of the times where you play a game that's like it's long and it has so much to it that when you're done, you're like, all right, that's it. I don't want to play another game, actually. Or like, oh, can we just play like some silly game like Crisscross or something like something so like not dumbed down, but something where you don't really have to think to play. So I can also see that happening, too, because you see the conventions like people are playing these like four or five hour games and then after that they're playing another four or five hour game but what's stopping them from playing that same four hour game you know yeah it's it's one of those things i would like to experience where i would like i would like to play food chain magnet and then you know take a lunch break and then play food magnet again you know but you have to get hamburgers and pizza and orange juice no, not hot dogs. They're not in the game. You can, oh, only, get, you can only get pizza, hamburgers, and orange juice, and beers <laughs> when you uh, when you play for, uh, for lunch in between games of yeah. Food Chain Magnet. Yeah, plus so you like, have think... to make it a con because you have to make it like four days. So. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do that. But yeah, but... It, it's like, 
I'm just like in general, like I'm like pretty like you know like curious about this thing because um because everyone that's new into it like you know like as soon as something's over they're like oh let's try again no matter what the game is like Mansions of Madness we've been playing it for like you know almost two hours and and like you know the mission goes down in flames it's like all right you got you want to try again and I'm just like so unused to hearing that and I'm like wait what like now and they're like yeah you know we still got, I'm like I don't have to go home for three more hours I'm like so you want to do this thing again like right now. And, like, they just stare at me like I'm the idiot. And I'm like, are you sh- Okay, yeah, I guess so. And, you know. And, it, like, when you think about it, it's like you already got everything set up. That does, That's how you should want to play your games. Like, I'm already set up. Let's go. But it's like, it was like, no, no, putting pieces away. Now new thing. Let's do the other thing. So Yeah, well, and if you think about it, too, like, you know, if you play a game and then even if you wait a week, like, say you're not you're not that um, versed on it, then you're relearning everything again, you know? So maybe, yeah. you know, so maybe it's just like that first play. It's like, I haven't really gotten anywhere. So it's like, you know, how do you, how do you get a feel for a game if you constantly like forget or, you know, kind of miss or unlearn what you've already learned? That's kind of true for you, right? Like, you know, like if a game has a big gap in between plays, Huge gaps. Well, not even, too. Well, that Star Wars Destiny dice, I completely forgot how to play that. Right? Uh, so now I, I can whoop you when we play it. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Like Crusaders, I forgot how to play. Reef is like, eh, so-so. Like, I kind of know, but at the same time, it wouldn't help to look over the rules. But yet, like, you play Race of the Galaxy, and you don't even have to read any of the cards. Like, you're just looking at the symbols, and you know everything. Yeah, so some ga- I'm the bomb at that one, honestly. And and that's that's my game. <laughs> I think that might be part of it too. It's like I think it's just that one of the curses of the playing a thousand games in a thousand weeks is that you know, like there's there's some games that have true lasting power, and then the other games you have to ask yourself like, will this, you know, like if I'm not playing it now and I just got it, am I going to be playing this in a, like a year from now or three years from now? You know. You know, it'd be cool if I can do. If I pick, like, two or three games, and we play it the whole week, but we can play it, like, multiple times in a day. We actually suggested this three or four times throughout the last couple of years. It's no, always a great... I, you I gotta make never, it happen, but No, yeah. wait. I remember saying we should pick two or three games and play those games, but not consecutively. Like, you know, if I said, let's play Dinosaur Island, and let's play Dinosaur Island again, you know... You'd be like, but what about that second I, game? I, I've suggested this multiple times. It's just like the there, rules. It's You've not totally in writing. No, it's not <laughs> in writing. So he's just he's just talking to talk. All right. I can actually, uh, if you want, I will post this. pictures of the notarized letters yeah. I have of these ideas yeah, on the Facebook group. All right. You notarized that we wanted to play Dinosaur Island for what? It's the best $35 Three consecutive times? Yeah. Can you imagine? Just, oh, we should do a trifecta. Dinosaur Island... Dino World, and Duelistor Island. I was going to say Harry Potter, the deck building game, is the third game, because uh, a basilisk is like a dinosaur. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, my God. Nice try, Dan. Nice try. <laughs> hey, thank you, bro. You're smart in many things. That last comment was not one of them. Fleet the dice game, because dice are made from dinosaur bones. So <laughs> nice. Uh, so what do you guys think? Do you think that... You know, have you played, you know, games on a consistent basis? Is it something that you play, though? Have you ever played anything right after? Because I feel like that that one's a little tough. You know, it, I, it might be something that's a little more prevalent in families, I might guess. Because a lot of times that's kind of like, you know, you're not wasting that time with them. You're like, okay, well, let's play this. Oh, let's play that again, you know, instead of just introducing game after game after game. It's funny, I'll make a comment here because I know he's listening. John from Legends of the Tabletop. Hi, John. He will post the same game, like, every week. You know, he'll be like, oh, I played Crusaders. That will be done. Oh, guess what? I played this again. Like, he has his, you know, so many games and, like, he does so much research and he'll play the crap out of them and play them consistently, you know, where you see the same thing every time. And it's funny because sometimes I'll pick on him. I'll be like, that's boring. Will you show me something else, please? You know? But, uh, you know, he's, if you think about it, he's kind of living the dream because he's playing these games and getting all this replayability and all this value from it where he's getting all these strategies where he 
knows what he's doing before he even gets into the game. He's like, okay, well, I can do this this time because I know this person does this and this person does that. And he's very competitive. So he's going to, you know, have that strategy coming in because he knows what that player is doing, unless it's somebody that he doesn't know, but then eventually he could learn that. So, you know, there's just lot, there's lots of ways, you know, that is a good thing. True. Uh, before closing out on this topic, there's one thing I, re- I realized. Uh, you know who actually does play a lot of games, like the same game consistently and many times? Who's that? Solo players. Yeah, it's yep. true. Because they're trying to be that score. Like I noticed on uh, Sporadically Bored, like Mike Delisio, he, like, you know, he will note, like, you know, fifth play of this game, I'm finally getting a good score. Or, like, you know, like once again, the Odama has done this, but, you know, I've overcome. It, it's like when you do solo play, it's, you know, uh, that repeated play seems a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah. It's like a video game. You know, it's like you don't go and play like a Final Fantasy and then put it away for three weeks. You know, <laughs> you're going to be playing it consistently because, you know, you want to beat the game. So, yeah, that's that's a good call. And uh, we played Forge War consecutively. I know, like one after the other. But it was only one time. I honestly, I wanted to do it more, but I always felt like Din. Like, I, once in zero, Dan, it's, I always feel like he wouldn't want to, Mm -hmm. and if I suggest it, it's like, I don't I'm afraid of the, the no. She asked me one time, and it was like 1130 (laughs) at night, I'm like, now's not a good time, and she never asked about playing that game ever since. So I figured, I figured after that, it's like, no for, for all the time. Yeah, yeah. So now now I got like Stockholm Syndrome, where I have to say yes to everything, (laughs) otherwise my captors, uh, I feel like I'm alienating my captors. That's called being married, Dan. Well, <laughs> Every, you live longer if that happens. <laughs> but you know what? It's it's all the same thing. Look, if you have the 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 drive for like the hobby, like like you said, it's like the same thing with video games. It's the same thing with movies. You know, songs. You you watch movies. Like if you, I watch multiple movies. Like not consecutively, but like one day I'll watch this, and then the next day I'll watch the same exact movie. But it's like you can kind of. You know, now you know the words. Like, you're repeating the person saying the lines, or you're singing the lyrics, you know, perfectly. Or the video game, it's like, you know, you know where to go. You know, you can deviate a little video game, that's different. But if you're into the hobby, then that drive, like what you said, that guy who just plays that game consecutively. And then, like, he knows, like, all right, this person does this, and I want to try him next time with this. And, like, I think that's, like, what, that's, like, um, what's the word? Not drive, but, like. Commitment. Commitment. Compassion. Like, commitment to uh, a hobby, which is actually really cool. And now it got me thinking, if I can play games consecutively, then it might make it easier for me to actually play the game without having to be like oh i forgot how to play this game and it's a theory (laughs) it's a a good one yep exactly so put on put on your headphones listen to the greatest showman sing your heart out and play lords of Waterdeep 18 times times. (laughs) that's right so go out there and play more games and until next time i'm kurt this is d wyatt I don't have a nickname, but I'm Kim. (laughs) I don't either. And this was the MFG cast. Thanks for listening. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.